As I'm working for this weight loss organization, my program told me that I could have an allotted amount. But when I ate a donut, I guess I've never been an alcoholic, but I would think it would be similar. I couldn't stop. I would have to eat another donut. And then I felt really guilty. Welcome to the Exam Room Podcast, brought to you by the Physicians Committee. Hi, I am the weight loss champion, Chuck Carroll. Thank you so very much for raising your health IQ with us in more than 130 countries and healthy cities coast to coast. Waldorf, Maryland, Sunshine, Wyoming, Salinas, Ecuador. We appreciate you helping to make the world a healthier place. This is episode 41 of season 5, number 340 overall. Today, you will be hearing one of the more unique stories ever to be featured on the Exam Room podcast. How many times have you tried to lose weight by going on one of those diet programs? You know, you lose weight and then you gain it right back. It's like these programs never work. Now, imagine that you actually work for one of the largest diet programs in the entire world and you're struggling with your weight the entire time. Worse yet, you're actually following their plan. You are supposed to be an ambassador for this magical program, yet you reach into the hat time and again only to find there is no rabbit. It's all smoke and you hate what you see in the mirror. For more than 20 years, this was Brenda Workman's story. Two decades of yo-yo dieting and heartbreak, confusion. She did not know what to do. She thought she was doing what was the right thing to do to get healthy, but it just wasn't working. And all of that led to a dramatic dose of hopelessness. So while she's working there and the years are rolling by, the scale is climbing a little bit higher every single time she would lose weight. The pounds would just come roaring back, more and more, and eventually her blood pressure and cholesterol would climb higher too. All the while, she's still pushing this diet program. And then, at her wit's end, she finally took some novel advice from her doctor. He said to her, Brenda, it's about the food, just not the food you've been eating. And suddenly, everything began to click. Her life would begin to change in ways that she had always hoped. The ups and the downs, the rides on the scale, they were finally over. She no longer needed medication for blood pressure or cholesterol because both had dropped just as quickly as her dress size. And oh, by the way, that treatment that her doctor prescribed? It was a plant-based diet. And her job these days? Believe it or not, she's still working in the diet world just now in a much healthier fashion as a food for life instructor teaching others and offering the same hope that she's discovered along the way. Brenda, thanks for being here. I'm thrilled, Chuck, to be here. Thank you. I'm thrilled for you that you've lost 60 pounds. How are you feeling? You don't know the difference. It's just wonderful. It really is. Uh, lots of improvements with my health and just 
lots of energy. It's, it's great. I'm feeling good. Hasn't always been that way. I mean, when you still had uh, the, all of those excess pounds, I remember being put on high blood pressure medication back when I was a sophomore in high school. Uh, it was already 185, 190, over 90, sometimes even over 100. Um, what was your blood pressure like at that point? Well, when I was you know, a teenager, I never really uh, suffered with high blood pressure or even high cholesterol. It was later in my, you know, younger adult years, probably somewhere around 30, I think uh, the cholesterol went up and I started taking statin drugs and had been on those for decades and just felt like, you know what, when you age, you're just supposed to do this and it's just going to happen that way. And just accepted it. I'm going to be on meds the rest of my life. And it wasn't until two years ago that I developed high blood pressure and um, then I had a doctor in my area, uh, shout out to Dr. Christopher Parrish in Princeton, West Virginia, who suggested a plant-based diet and the rest is history. And what a, what a book of history you're writing. Um, my goodness gracious. Um, you know, it's, it's funny though. You talk about feeling like you're just destined because you're getting older to have that high cholesterol, to have that high blood pressure, whatever the case may be. We think that it's just genetics. There's nothing that we can do about it. When you had that conversation with your doctor, I mean, at first, were you skeptical at first when he's telling you, hey, you, you have more control over this than you realize? Actually, I had heard a rumor that there was a doctor in town that actually talked to patients about lifestyle changes. And I switched from the doctor I was going to, to this doctor, because it's rare. I mean, not just in my area, it's rare to find that, that type of doctor. So um, I wanted him to, you know, to talk to me about lifestyle change, but it was actually the beginning of COVID that um, my blood pressure went up and it surprised me because I thought I'd never deal with that. It didn't really run in my family. Um, but when I called him uh, and we had a conversation, he let me know, you know where I stand, Brenda. I, I really feel like the plant-based diet is going to not only help this high cholesterol, but it's also going to help the high blood pressure. He, of course, put me on meds at the time. Um, but he encouraged me to eat plant-based and I was very ready because I did what a lot of Americans do. I went to Google and <laughs> I started typing in, what if you have high blood pressure and high cholesterol? And what I was reading was very often it leads to heart disease. And I thought, I don't want to go there. And I've heard about this plant-based eating and I've done a little research and it looks like it's working for people and my doctor's recommending it. I'm going all in. Let's see what happens. How difficult was that transition to a plant-based diet for you? I know that, you know, and, and we're going to get into a huge part of your story that I absolutely adore, and that's food addiction. But the standard American diet that is so full of these high fat, really salty, lots of sugar type of foods, those foods, I mean, they're, they're tough to eliminate from your diet. So how was that transition for you? I think at that point in my life, I was committed to making the change. I think the hardest part for me was beginning to cook <laughs> because um, I had done a lot of um, eating fast food like, you know, so many, uh, and I didn't really cook very much. And so that was probably the most difficult. 
Um, thankfully, this was during COVID when life was a little slower and I took the foods, Food for Life cooking course. And that helped build my confidence that maybe I could cook <laughs> and maybe I could make these recipes. And so I started just experimenting and found that actually the food was, was very good. Now, I will say, Chuck... <laughs> that um, sometimes it took a while to get used to it. My taste buds did change over time. One time I remember making a soup and I spent a couple hours chopping up vegetables, making this soup and you pureed it. And, and I got ready to taste it. And I thought that is probably one of the most disgusting soups I've ever eaten in my life. But I made so much of it and I spent so much time on it. I thought I'm going to put it in the freezer. Maybe later I can get it out and add it to something. I don't know. So I put it in the freezer. And do you know that months later, I went back to it and absolutely loved that soup and gobbled it up. So it just, it goes to show that your taste buds do change. So, but I was committed uh, once my health started taking a downward turn. And I thought, you know what, I'm going to make recipes. I'm going to learn how to do this. I'm going to, you know, get all the information that I can. Do you think your taste buds rejected the soup initially because it was lower in salt than the cans of soup you may have been eating up until that point? That's exactly what it was. Yeah. yeah. It didn't it didn't have so much of the sodium in it and yeah. That yeah. was it. Was salt the the hard thing for you to to really uh, adjust in your diet or do you have more of a sweet tooth? I find for people it's either you you love your salt or you love your sugar. Yeah, mine was more sweets and that was what I um that was what was difficult for me all in my adult life was dealing with sweets. That was my addiction. I want to talk now about, you know, kind of your discovery that these foods can be ultra addictive. And the story, as it's been relayed to me, was you actually discovered this kind of on your own while you were working for this major weight loss program company. Is that correct? That is correct. Yes. <laughs> you know, live and learn. <laughs> So tell me about how it is that you stumbled onto this while you're working for a, a, a health company. I mean, that it just seems like kind of weird that that discovery would come as you're working for a weight loss program. Yeah. I was always concerned about the weight loss issue. It, I never really connected the dots too much about, you know, this food has everything to do with your health and it has everything to do with the way that you feel. It was all about weight loss for me. You know, uh, we, I have to eat this food because I need to lose weight. So I've been one to keep health journals down through the years. I'm a journaler. Actually, I have my, what my latest health journal sitting right here beside me. And the cool thing about that is you can look back in a journal and kind of see a pattern. And so um, as I'm working for this weight loss organization, I'm feeling really guilty about myself because I can't stay on the program myself. I'm preaching it. I think it's the healthiest thing that I know uh, at the time, but I could not stay on it myself more than about eight weeks. And then I would end up getting off track. And usually it was because either I felt like I needed to get off because I felt so deprived and I wanted something sweet or um, my program told me that I could have an allotted amount. So maybe you can have a donut and it would count as this. So you're allowed to have a donut. But when I ate a donut, I guess I've never been an alcoholic, but I would think it would be similar. I couldn't stop with a donut. I would have to eat another donut. And then I felt really guilty. And then before the week was over, maybe I've eaten six donuts. 
Um, and I would, I would be embarrassed. I I'm a little embarrassed to even say that now, but I know other people go through it as well. So maybe it'll help someone, but I could not control it. And then it was a downward spiral. So as I look back in my health journal, I started thinking, wait a minute, this is a continual pattern. An entry would say, I'm on my program. I'm doing really well. I've lost seven pounds so far. I'm so proud of me. I'm going to get this weight off. It was all about weight. And then the next entry would be, I ate this sweet thing, whatever it was, and I feel really badly about this, but I'm going to get back on track. And then the next entry would be, I'm spiraling out of control. I've gained three pounds back. What is wrong with me? Why can I not be disciplined? And as I look back through the journal, I realize that this replayed over and over for months, for years of my life, never able to stay on the program um, and blaming it on myself because I didn't have the discipline to stay on the program. And that that's kind of like self-sabotage too. You know, I, I had very similar uh, experiences in that I would have a little bit, I couldn't stop, I would eat some more, I would feel bad, and then I would eat some more on top of that because I wanted to feel better. You know, yes. and, and that food had always brought me a sense of comfort, even though I knew I was sabotaging my health by consuming it. And I think that, you know, when it comes to those types of foods, it's, it's a really kind of complicated issue, even though it can be really, really, really simple as well. Um, you know, I, I too have never struggled with alcohol or drugs, luckily, but um, I do in my heart of heart believe that they can be just as addictive um, as as those two things. I mean, you talk about not being able to stop after you have one. And, and I think about that smoker who uh, has gone a year without having a cigarette. And then they're like, well, I can probably have just one tonight, kind of celebrating. It's a fun night out and I'll be okay. Well, what happens? The next thing you know, that smoker's buying another pack of cigarettes or an alcoholic who has been on the wagon for a year or longer and thinks that they can have just one beer. And no, the next thing you know, they're right back to their old ways. Food is exactly the same. And so when you're telling me that story about not being able to have just one donut, it echoes so true because I had that same experience time and time and time again. And for me, more often than not, it was fast food. Um, you know, something like a nacho, like one nacho would just totally derail me. And I would go from having lost 60 pounds of pretty good weight loss to gaining 80. So all everything that I had lost and then some on top of it. And Brenda, it was the most frustrating thing in the entire world. Mm -hmm. Because you put all the blame on yourself. You say, you know, what's wrong with me? Everybody else has discipline. How come I don't have discipline? Um, and you think if a little bit tastes really good, a whole lot's going to taste really, really good. But what happens is you actually feel terrible afterwards, uh, physically and mentally, you feel terrible. And, and now, like you say, you've derailed what you were trying to do and, and you feel it all goes inward. It all, all feels like it's something's wrong with you. But um, now that I'm eating plant-based, I don't have those cravings anymore. and um, and I actually feel freer and much more satisfied with my food than I ever have before. And I don't feel deprived um, because there's so much I can eat, so much variety. 
Have you been able to go back and kind of replicate some of the foods that you used to enjoy just in a far healthier fashion now that you're eating a plant-based diet? I do a few, like I don't do a lot of desserts, um, you know, um, because I, I don't know, I guess there's a part of me that thinks I don't really want to go down that road and, and, you know, feel like I have to have desserts all the time, but occasionally, um, I do replicate some and, and use like, um, there's a pumpkin muffin recipe that I love that has dates in it. And uh, I make that from time to time, um, sort of a special treat. Um, so yeah, some of them I have. Yeah, I, I got you. And I know exactly what you're talking about. You know, I'm, I'm 13 years into this journey now and it took me years before I would even consider having something as simple as a healthy wrap which had, you know, nothing but vegetables and maybe a little bit of beans and rice inside, you know, call that a healthy burrito, if you will, years before I would even entertain the idea of eating something as healthy as that, because I thought that that then would be my trigger to go back to the Taco Bell drive through So I guess, you know, I, I completely understand where you're coming from. And I think that just from my personal opinion here, it's a delicate balance that everybody's going to need to figure out what line they can walk for themselves over time. You know, it has to be that level of comfort. And I think that if your gut is telling you at that moment, your head is telling you, I probably shouldn't be doing this, or I just don't feel right about it. Don't force yourself to eat it either. You know, why, why even put yourself in that position? Because clearly, even without eating it, you're doing just fine. Right. And I'm discovering food that I never ate before. And I'm trying cuisines that I've never eaten before. So I'm having a blast just trying different things that I've never eaten. So I don't necessarily have to replicate what I had in the past. I think what I had in the past was actually very limited. And now, you know, uh, I'm exploring new things that I've never had. So it's exciting. Fun question. I mean, what is something that you're eating today that the old Brenda would never in a million years have thought that she would have enjoyed? I love uh, veggie sushi. Um, and uh, I've, I've been trying to learn to make it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm not real good at it, but a local restaurant sells it. So um, I eat it there. So that's one thing. And in my travels, um, I've also tried some Indian food and I'd never eaten Indian food before. And um, yeah, just a lot of good stuff that I'm, you know, I'm learning. The doll is so good. I, I love uh, doll dishes, uh, Indian doll dishes. They're they're just so good. Or anything with curry in it now. Like I'm a huge fan. And back in the day, uh, you know, I'm I'm exactly like you. Like I had no idea about Indian cuisine, and then I got introduced to it, and I was like, oh my god, where has this been my entire life? Right? You know, maybe 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 we never would have gotten into that pickle that we were in had we been introduced to that at a young age. I don't know. I don't um, know either. I'm, <laughs> but I'm certainly glad that uh, that it's there now. Um, you talk about travel, and I know that that's something that you do a lot of. And one of the things that we hear from exam roomies all the time, Brenda, is that they get tripped up trying to maintain that healthy whole food plant-based diet when they're traveling, when they're on the road, and their options are limited. So as a seasoned traveler, what are some of the things that you do to make sure that you're still eating that healthy diet? To answer that question, I'm going to get a little deep with you for a minute. So, so plant-based eating is now my identity. This is not um, a weight loss program that I'm on temporarily. I have seen the benefits. I feel the benefits. 
So this is part of who I am now. So, you know, there's other things in our life that we find very valuable and we hold true to those things because they're valuable. Well, plant-based eating is valuable to me now. So it's who I am. So whether I'm visiting relatives or whether I'm staying in a hotel, this is who I am. So I'm going to find plant-based food, um, whether I'm in an airport or wherever. Um, so I do stay in hotels. I fly occasionally, but mostly I drive uh, places and I stay in hotels. I have a bag. It's actually a gardening bag that has pockets on the outside and pockets on the inside. And I take in that bag um, a small uh, rice cooker. It's tiny. Um, and I take along with me oats because that's one thing I take because uh, during COVID, a lot of hotels only had packaged oats and they were usually flavored. And so that's when I started just taking my own oats. So I take oats and I may take raisins or nuts to go in there many times, fresh fruit. And I make it in my little rice cooker in the hotel room. I also take rice, brown rice, and I take different cans of beans and I'll cook rice in the rice cooker, maybe for a dinner one night. And uh, when it's almost done, I'll put beans in there with it. And then I usually take fresh tomatoes and fresh onions and chop it on top of my rice and beans. And if I have jalapenos, that's a special treat. And I'll put <laughs> that on top as well. Um, so, you know, some areas I go, there's vegan options and I can find what I need. Some places I go, there's not. Um, sometimes I have to go to the grocery store and pick up some hummus and veggies and, you know, whole wheat bread or whatever. Um, but I just I just know when I'm going, I'm going to be eating plant based. So how can I make this work? You know, when you know better, you do better. Right. Um, and so it's part of who I am now. And I, I visit uh, relatives as well. And uh, I usually go to the grocery store, get what I need and just prepare my food at their house. Yep. That's the way to do it. I know that uh, when I'm traveling, you know, uh, I always make sure that I hit the grocery store. Uh, first thing I do is call to confirm with the hotel that it's got a working mini fridge in the room. Has to be working. It's no good if it's not. Uh, has to be working. And then uh, once I get the thumbs up on that, uh, then the first stop is always going to be the grocery store, just so I'm not really backed into a corner. The last thing you want is to be desperate. And then you're eating just like bags of peanuts or pretzels or whatever the case may be out of the vending machine, because that's all the options that are available. Right. So, uh, you know, I remember specifically speaking out in Vancouver, um, last year and, uh, on the way from the airport, the, the gentleman who had picked me up, um, he, he was like, do you want to stop somewhere and get something to eat? I was like, yes, I would. He's like, where would you like to go? We have plenty of good restaurants. I was like, I would like to go to Whole Foods. And I walked out with three bags of groceries to, to get me through the week. And, um, and that's just kind of what you have to do to, to take care of yourself. You prioritize your own health. But I think even though Brenda, like, it seems like a lot of work, you're talking about making beans and rice and chopping up vegetables in your hotel room you can kind of get into a routine of it where it's even not that laborious. It's just something that you do and you knock out pretty quickly. Right. Right. And you do it over and over and it's just part of, part of your life. It's our food is our medicine. You know, I'm now off cholesterol meds and I'm off blood pressure meds. So my food is my medicine. Am I going to go without my medicine when I travel? No. So I'm not going to do without my plant-based food. So I'll do what I have to do to make it happen. And does it, 
create more luggage to take with you when you're going in and out of a hotel? Yeah, it does. Does it take more preparation? Yeah, it does. Is it worth it? Yeah, it is. Absolutely. No question about it. So what are you going to do kind of now that you've got your whole future ahead of you? I would imagine that you have a much more rosier outlook on life. So what, what are your plans for the future now that you've got your health back? Well, I'm trying to share this with my community. Um, unfortunately, West Virginia is at the top of the country uh, for diabetes and obesity and heart disease and um, and a lot of folks are very receptive to plant-based eating here. They just need some support and some ideas and some encouragement. So um, as a Food for Life instructor, I've started doing some classes. Um, and then in this past spring, I did a wellness weekend for women and um, had about 50 participants. And that went very well and introduced plant-based eating. And even the resort that we stayed at prepared Food for Life uh, recipes for us so they could taste, um, um, you know, plant-based food and see how good it was. So that's, that's what I'm hoping for is to continue to kind of share the message. My doctor is my biggest supporter. He puts my flyers up in his examination room and encourages his patients to come to my Food for Life classes. So it's working out well. So I wish I could just go all over West Virginia and share this message with with my fellow West Virginians. You know, I, I have a, a funny feeling that uh, soon enough you're, you're going to have that whole state blanketed. I wouldn't worry too much about that, Brenda. Um, but that that's great. I mean, t I would imagine now that you've been doing these these classes, teaching them for a little bit. I mean, you've heard from people who have gone through them uh, who just have had this this amazing kind of health epiphany the way that you did. I mean, that kind of feedback must mean the world to you. Mm -hmm. Yes. I, I just received an email just last week from someone who went through my class and she said that um, she had gone back to the doctor, got her lab work. Everything was improved. Her husband was doing it with her and his health was also improved. She's lost weight. You're right. When you get those kind of emails and you know it is making an impact, you know that it's worth it. You know, how many lives can you touch uh, and change their health, change the, the course of their life? I want to ask you specifically about those classes, uh, Food for Life. That's our big uh, class series here at the Physicians Committee. Uh, what is it about the Food for Life program that you find so beneficial and special and sets it kind of a notch above the rest? Well, um, I had started a speaking um, business and um, and I had a topic that I was speaking on intentional living, setting goals and finding out what's of value to you and making those goals happen in your life. And I happened to mention as I was out and about doing um, presentations that I I was eating plant based and achieving my goals. And then all of a sudden I started getting requests. Can you come speak to our staff about plant-based eating? Can you come speak at our conference about plant-based eating? And I knew I needed to credential myself. I could certainly share my story um, and I would be glad to do that. But I needed some authority, I guess you could say. I needed some credentials. Um, so I going through the plant, um, going through the Food for Life um, um, training, um, not only gave me a lot of information at the time as I was going through the training, but there's many things that are archived that I can go back to. And there are seasoned uh, Food for Life instructors who've been doing this for years. And I have one who is my mentor 
who I think she knows everything. Um, but I go back to her and ask questions. So I have that support. But when I go to do a class, Chuck, I take Dr. Barnard with me by video and he talks about data and he talks about what the studies are showing. Um, and he can speak from a doctor's perspective. I take uh, PCRM's uh, dietitians with me by video. And so to me, that helps credential what I'm doing. Um, and then I can share my personal uh, testimony about how my life has changed eating this way and how my health has changed. So um, it has given me the credentialing and the support that I needed in order to, to share this topic with folks that are interested. And what was the training experience like for you to get the Food for Life certification? Uh, it was good. It was, um, it was very informative. Um, it, it was something that, you know, um, like I had to stay up on it. I couldn't slack because it was so much information and mine was delivered online completely. Um, but just so much beneficial information just across the board, um, about nutrition, but also about how to, how to do a business if you're going to, um, um, do food for life classes. And, and Chuck, your, your uh, presentation was good too on how to talk to the media. Um, and I've had to do that uh, since doing my food for life classes. So very, very beneficial uh, information that, that I feel like I've used already. Yeah. You know, and, and that's one of the things I, when I went through the training, I was surprised about as well was that it does kind of give you that business background uh, or the business acumen to know how to make this more than just, you know, a hobby. I mean, you can make this a real legitimate business, you know, with a little bit of elbow grease and hard work, you know, you can make this work for yourself. Absolutely bask in all of your plant-based glory and help others along the way. And to me, like it just does not get any better than that. Like I, I just love it so much. Um, do you have any classes right now that are coming up? I do. Um, I have one uh, in the town over. It's uh, Bluefield, West Virginia, and it's going to be at their library. And it's coming up July the twenty-fifth. It's on a Saturday. Um, and then I'm, I've got another Wellness Weekend for Women planned in the fall. Um, and it'll be on my website. It's going to be at another West Virginia State Park resort. Um, and so that's coming up. But I, when I finish one uh, class, then I'm, I'm ready to start another one. So they just kind of roll one and then another and then another. So, yeah, uh, people can go to my website, um, BrendaWorkmanSpeaks.com. And uh, I keep those classes on my website so that you know wh where they are and how to register and all the details. And we'll go ahead and drop a link to that in the uh, show description down below here. Make sure that everybody can get that one click access to it. So uh, Brenda, uh, Food for Life uh, instructor applications are now being accepted. Uh, we really are only looking for people who are super committed to this program like you. So it's really highly competitive to get in this. But the pool is now open for applications and it will remain open through June 1st. So um, what would your message be to somebody who is considering following in your footsteps and becoming a food for life instructor? I've heard you say this before, Chuck, when you do what you love, you're in a happy place. You know, when you're passionate about something and then you can share that passion with other people, then it's a happy spot in life to be. And so uh, I would highly recommend it. Um, you're constantly getting information uh, that makes you uh, even more educated uh, um, 
uh, in plant-based eating and you have all the resources that you need to go out and teach other people. Brenda, thank you so much for your time today. Congratulations on all of your success. Uh, yours is one of the the, the more fun stories uh, I've had on the show in a while. I just love the fact that for so long you were working for a major weight loss program and it wasn't until you left that fad diet program that you were finally able to find your own healthy path and now you're teaching others uh, how to follow suit. So I just think that that is fantastic. And I'm so thrilled for you and just congratulations on all of your success and what's still to come. Thank you. I appreciate it. Freedom at last. <laughs> <laughs>
two-time New York Times best-selling author. The Fiber-Fueled Cookbook, cracking the list in its first week of sales. How cool is that? So congratulations, Dr. B, on behalf of the exam roomies and myself. My friend, we are so pumped up for you. We are so proud of you. Thank you for delivering this incredible cookbook with more than 130 amazing recipes, man. You have hit a home run that is truly helping to improve the lives of thousands of people around the world. It's a real honor to know you, my friend. Congratulations. And in other reading, have you had a chance to look at the latest edition of the American Journal of Lifestyle Medicine? It's okay if you haven't. But there is a great article in there that is co-authored by Drs. Neil Barnard and Sarai Stancic, among others. And the title of this article is Six Applications of Plant-Based Diets for Health Promotion. Now, what this actually is, is a commentary written to other doctors and clinicians about taking a prevention-first approach to medicine and using a plant-based diet to do it. They talk about the improvements that can be had for weight loss and heart disease, cancer, diabetes, Alzheimer's disease, and even COVID-19. This is anything but a patch and pill approach. It is quite the opposite. It's taking the approach of, hey, we want our patients in good health. We don't want to see them in our office. We want to give them the tools they need to avoid the chronic disease-ridden traps that come with the standard American diet. And because nutrition is barely ever covered in medical school, commentaries like this one by Drs. Barnard and Stancic are crucial for delivering the message so that patients across the world can reap the benefits of eating a healthy diet. And if you want to check out this commentary, I've dropped a link for you to do that right now in the episode notes. Also in the episode notes is a link for you to register for this year's International Conference on Nutrition and Medicine coming up August 18th through the 20th in Washington, D.C. We're talking about three days and 30 speakers all building toward a healthier future as they present the latest in science and medicine and a whole lot on breaking nutrition news. Now, CME credits are available as are scholarships for nurses and dietitians. So please visit pcrm.org ICNM to save your seat. But you're gonna wanna do that right now because space is extremely limited this year. pcrm.org ICNM. Now here are just a few of the speakers who will be presenting this year. We've got Dr. Barnard, of course, and Dr. Stancic, who we just mentioned, plus Dr. Dean Ornish, Dr. Alan Desmond, Dr. Kim Williams, our friends Cyrus Kambata and Robbie Barbero from Mastering Diabetes, plus Dr. Gemma Newman, Dr. Robin Chutkin, and so many others. And you can see a full list of every speaker right now at pcrm.org ICNM. And while you're there, save your seat today. And we will see you in Washington, D.C., August 18th through the 20th. And for today, that is going to wrap things up. 
I want to say thank you one more time to Brenda Workman for being here and sprinkling a little inspiration into our healthier lives. And for everyone at the Physicians Committee, I am the weight loss champion, Chuck Carroll. Thank you so very much for listening. And remember, as always, keep it plant-based.